welcome to the Purpose and Profit Club podcast for nonprofit leaders, mission-driven creatives, and social entrepreneurs. Get ready to stop dreaming and start doing. Here, ideas become action. We prioritize purpose and profit. You ready? Let's go. Okay, in today's episode, we're going to talk about really drilling down your messaging so that people actually want to take action and a really easy hack I have to get yourself away from listing and talking about all the features of what it is you do or what it is you offer and instead start talking about the value of the benefits. So if you didn't listen to last podcast, go back and listen to that one. So this happened to me recently where I worked with one of my one-on-one coaching clients and we were honing in on getting them away from talking so much about features and starting to talk about the benefits of his organization before he went into a funder meeting. And he got a little stuck on really understanding the difference or how to get like get over to the other side, make the leap to talk more about the benefits. And what I told him was about this hack that I learned 15 plus years ago about the five whys method. Before I tell you how to use it, I'm going to give you a couple of examples to give you an idea of where you're stuck in feature city, how to journey over to benefit land using the five whys. So let's imagine that you have an upcoming meeting for to talk about your capital campaign for your organization with a potential funder. And you're like, this is about to be a big ask. And I know... I know our I know our why, Christina. I know our why. And so your idea of what you're going to go over in the meeting is talking about this building. So one of the main reasons that you're fundraising right now is to secure a new building for your pets, for your animal rescue. And you start talking about the features to this potential funder, right? And so you're saying, listen, you know, um, With a bigger building, we'll have more space, there'll be more rooms, and we can put, you know, the dogs over here and the cats over there. There'll be more space for volunteers. We can even host events. And then you start getting excited about hosting events and why that's great. And you start talking about all of the different things that are true, that are great, that have to do with this idea of having a new building. You're like, you know, it will be much more convenient for so many of our team members and volunteers because right now we're here and that has this challenge. And that is all features. That's all features. So let's use the five whys to talk about some of the benefits. So in this example, one of the things I said was we'll have a lot more rooms. Okay. Here's why number one, why does a lot more rooms even matter? We need more rooms because currently we are turning away senior dogs. Right now, we don't have the space for them. Because they remain in our facility for so long, puppies go quicker, they get adopted out, but the senior dogs, they actually need a place to maybe have long-term care, they they need a long-term forever home, and this can be their forever home. Okay, that's one why. Second why, why does it matter? Why do they need a long-term forever home? Well, these senior dogs deserve it. They've historically experienced X, Y, and Z, and they've been in and out of different shelters and different foster cares and different places their entire life. 
and our mission is blah, blah, blah. You with me? So that would be just two whys in, we hopped over from features over to benefits. Let's do another example. Let's also use this idea of needing more space. Well, we're really maxed out on space. Okay, well, can't you just, um, you know, rent out another facility and have two? And you're thinking to yourself, okay, technically, yes, because that would be less expensive. But let's drill down onto the impact and the why behind having a large structure, a large building to be all in one for your organization. So you would say, why is it important that we have this, this giant building that houses dogs and cats and, you know, all of our different programs? Then you might say, why is that important? And you would literally say this to yourself ahead of the meeting, by the way. Okay, well, it's important because having a larger space ensures that our city, which, by the way, has a population of 100,000 people, we're the only shelter for 100 miles. Again, fictitious numbers. And I want to make sure that every single dog or cat, no matter if they're a kitten or if they're 17 years old, they have a space to live and be cared for. And that we are known and we become a beacon for other cities and communities to know that here in our community, we take care of our pets. We take care of our senior cats. We take care of the cats and dogs. No one adopts. We will take care of them. And we want to make sure that there is and that there is enough space that we're not constantly turning them down as we are today. And that there is enough space that we can actually invite more members, more of our community in through these workshops, through these foster care trainings, so they can foster animals, right? So that there is a community component. So the community feels part of what we're doing. We're not able to do that and scale it if we're in two different buildings across town, as you know, right? Okay. So that was the five whys using that specific building example. You certainly could do it for the same example, which was events that I I, I mentioned earlier. So that is from the lens. This five whys is from the lens. If you're stuck in Feature City and you have an important pitch meeting and you're trying to go over to the land of benefits, that's when you would ask it. Now, I'm going to show you later on in the episode today how you can use this from the other side, which is going into a discovery meeting or a funder meeting or something like that, how you can use the five whys to better understand their wants, the benefits that they're looking for. Because if you know the benefits they're looking for, you just got a roadmap to what it is you need to close the deal, to get the yes. So many, many years ago, I got licensed as a real estate agent and I talked about that in a previous episode. And what was really interesting about that process is you go through, you get your license and all you do is learn about license law and they sort of spit you out and you're done. You're a quote unquote, a licensed agent, but you don't really know any of the mechanics of building a business, selling real estate, representing clients, like the actual, the actual day to day of it, right? And the nuance of it. So I joined a pretty large firm who had an intense but really um, successful training program. And they, I followed it to a T and it worked really, really well. And that coupled with my sales experience that I already brought to it, made it so that I was a very successful realtor. Okay. So one of the things they said is, if you are representing a buyer, so you go, the first thing that you do when you have like a buyer is you talk to them. 
tell me about the type of house or condo that you're looking for. You have that in, in that first discovery meeting, right? And if you get a buyer that says something like, well, I want four bedrooms and two bathrooms and I want to, the house has to be on a hill and I don't want any trees, it, like I don't want any, I don't want any trees over the house and um, it has to have a big yard. Okay. And let's say like me, you live in the city and all, as they're speaking, you're going, I don't know where the house on the hill with the big yard that they're talking about, like that's not matching up. Right. I don't know of many, many listings that will fit that criteria. They start to give you criteria that you're like, huh, you've got their budget. You've got where they want to be, what neighborhood and you're trying to fit, it feels like a square peg in a tour round hold. Then I want you to go through the process of asking the five whys. So they say, I have to have a house on a hill. Okay, tell me about that. Why do you want a house on a hill? Instead of just accepting that they want a house on a hill, ask them why. Well, I've always liked houses on a hill. That's one. Okay, why have you always liked houses on a hill? Well, because one time I had a house that was downhill and I hated bringing the trash down to the curb. Okay, that makes sense. Was there anything else? Like what? Tell me more. Why didn't you like, why do you want a house on a hill? Well, the view from a house on a hill is always the best. It's always the best sunsets. Oh, that makes sense. You love the view. Anything else about why you want a house on a hill? Well, I like the quiet. And even though I live in the city, I just don't want to feel like I can hear my neighbors. Oh, okay. So do they actually want a house on a hill or do they want a house that has enough separation from their neighbors and has some sort of view that they can see a sunset? You you with me? You following? Right? Could there be a house that haven't had enough space in between the, the houses, the neighbors, and had a decent view? That you don't have to get them a house on a mountain in the middle of the city. You with me? Okay. And maybe they say it has to have four bedrooms. This was a common one. And then their either their budget or where they wanted to be, I could never get them a four-bedroom house. Or another one I used to get was that has to have a basement. And I'm in, I'm in Georgia. I'm in Atlanta. And there are some houses on basements here, but it is not common like it is in the north, especially in the city. So if somebody ever said, when a house in the basement, I was like, Oh, geez. Okay. And I could just say to them, there's not a lot of houses with basements or I could do this five wise, which is what I would do. Tell me why. Well, I have a band and I need a space to practice with them. Oh, cool. Would a, would a detached garage work for that? Oh my gosh. Yeah. Detached garage would totally work for that. Okay. So you're open to seeing houses with detached garage or basements. Yeah. Yes. Okay. Let's go through the five whys with this example. Well, I have to have four bedrooms. Okay. And I'm thinking to myself, okay, well, what is available in their area and price point is two and three bedrooms. Okay. So I would use the five whys. Why do you want four bedrooms? Well, I like having space. Okay. Tell me more about that. Why do you like having space? Well, I want to make sure I have a specific guest bedroom for guests. I want to make sure that I have a dedicated home office and that my spouse has a dedicated home office that is separate. So that's four bedrooms. You see? Oh, yes, I see that's four bedrooms. Okay. Would you be open to a loft for one of those things? Could you or your spouse have an upstairs area that was open? Could that count as the office space or the guest bedroom? Now, in listings, that would be listed as a three bedroom plus a loft. 
hmm, maybe that could work. Or I might say to them, a lot of times there are bonus rooms like small sitting rooms or something like that. Would that work for your office? Yeah, that would work. And then I might say to them, okay, given your price point, what we're going to be looking at is two and three bedrooms. Would you be open to having a space that has a your office and then maybe a pullout, nice pullout couch bed? Because what you're telling me, and I would say, and they would say, mm, I don't know. And I would say, well, why do you want a guest bedroom? Let's drill down on that. Well, I want to make sure that when my parents come to visit, they have somewhere comfortable to stay. Okay. How often do they come visit? Once a year. Okay. Let's drill down some more. And I would really get to the heart of whether or not that that situation would work for them. Because sometimes they may say, yes, I have to have four bedrooms, right? Or my five whys are in integrity. And then as as I would I may steer them to a different place. Okay, well, it sounds like we need to look in an area that has a basement or an area that has larger homes or an area that has more bedrooms, right? Because you want to drill down to their whys. The whys doesn't doesn't always mean that that what you want for them, that you're putting them where you want, right? The whys gets you to better understand them so that you can help them get the vision and the life they want. Now, I know that that was a big real estate example, but I want to make sure that you understand that this can be applied to your organization. Okay. So if you're pitching somebody, you are in a discovery meeting, you have a warm lead with a funder, and you're stuck on the features, you drill down to the five whys. And I want you to do it this way. If I'm in a one-on-one meeting with somebody and it feels a little sticky, like it feels a little like I'm trying to understand what it is they want, they're telling me what they want, but it feels a little sticky, right? Trying to land the plane. I might first say, talk about their whys. I want to get a little bit more on, okay, why do you think that you need a marketing plan? Tell me more about that. Oh, okay. Because you have a new strategic plan and you think that you need this to go with it. Oh, because you have a board member that said we need a 20 page marketing plan. Tell me more about that. What is your vision for that? Like just get them talking and keep asking why. That fifth why is usually where the magic is. Okay, same thing for you. You can give them your why. So if you're in a potential funder meeting and you're talking about a lot of your features, you're like, well, we have this program, we have this, and this starts on this day and this thing, your feature city. Start to say to yourself, okay, this program exists to solve this problem, right? Why does that matter? Like slow yourself down. That matters and just talk to talk to them like a human, like you would a friend. That matters because solving that specific problem means X, Y, and Z. If you have a funder who you feel a little like tight about, they feel a little stern about, or a client even can be this way. And they're like, I want weekly meetings with you. I want weekly communication with you. And you're thinking, that's a lot. Why? Why do you want to have weekly communication about your gift or about this service? Well, because the last time I had this negative experience, tell me about that. Why do you think that happened? And you can overcome and work through that together simply by asking the five whys. Why do you want this gift to be restricted? Well, because this happened and I'm not sure that I can trust this, right? That's a trust issue, right? Okay, I hear you. Drill down to the whys. 
Why are you a maybe? If anyone is ever a maybe and they're like, let me think about it, do not take that as the end of the conversation. If somebody says to me, cool, nice chatting with you, you know, I'm a maybe. I want you to think about why. Tell me more about that. What are you unsure about? Or is there is there anything we talked about today that I can I we can that anything is coming up for you on that you have any questions about or that I was unclear about or circle back to, hey, when we started this meeting, you told me that you were really interested in this particular program or in sponsoring this particular thing. So you could circle back and say, tell me more about that. Why? Why is that important to you? It's reminding me of there have been times where I've met with a leader of an organization and they've said to me, this sounds amazing. Can you put it together in a proposal? And I, I can say yes, and I have said yes, but sometimes I'll ask why. Okay, why? And that helps guide me to my next step. They may say, I don't, I just need something written and I want to make sure that I remember everything we talked about. Sure. They may say, because I have to present this to our board and I know they're going to want to see a formal proposal. And my other concern is that I'm not going to remember all of the things that you say come with this package or that we're going to address in in this coaching program. Oh, then I say to them, well, would you mind if I sent a video? Would you mind if I sent a PDF brochure of this? Oh, yeah, that'd be great. Now, had I not asked that why, I would have like undersold. I wouldn't have known the right information to create the thing that goes over and beyond what they actually need or that gets them to that hell yes, right? So even something like that, think about the power of why there. Now, before we wrap up, I want to give you this. Do not why people (laughs) to death, meaning that the next time you're on a discovery call or a one-to-one meeting or some sort of follow-up that you're just a why, 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 right? We don't want to do that to where people feel like they're being interviewed. But I want you to keep this in your back pocket when one of two things happened. One, when you just notice, okay, I'm in feature city here. So let me help get over to benefit land where it's a lot more compelling and you can ask yourself the whys, or you can work with a colleague or coworker on this, right? So that would be one piece. And the next way that you would use it would be if you are in a situation where you aren't hitting your stride and you know something's missing and you're, and you want more information, right? Use the whys, get the other person talking, get the other, get the person that is on the other side of the call or the screen or the, you know, the, the coffee date talking so that you can understand their why better. Same reason why I said the house on the hill, right? Same thing. Why do you want a house on the hill? Oh, you want quiet. You want to see a sunset. You want to make sure that you're not downhill, right? That's why you want a house on the hill. Do you actually need a house on the hill for that? No. You can have a house with a little more space to achieve those things, right? So use that. Let me know how it's going. And I will see you next time. Have a beautiful week. If you believe in the role of reciprocity, just like I do, take a quick moment to rate and review this podcast. I would be so grateful. Tag me in a post on social media and let me know what you think over at Splendid Consulting. It helps this podcast show up in the feed of other change makers and social entrepreneurs just like you. 
Think you've reached out to everyone in your network? Are you out of ideas to get noticed and get funded? I hear you. That's why I'm giving you a chance to steal my prospect list. Yes, you can generate leads for your nonprofit or impact-driven business. Grab my mini training and list delivered to your inbox instantly. Go to splendidcourses.com forward slash prospect.